Hello and welcome to BoardWars.eu, your bi-weekly podcast about Star Wars Imperial Assault, a miniature game by Fantasy Flight Games. I'm your host Stefan and with me again today is Herwig. Hello. And of course uh, with me to- today again are the our two guys from, or uh, one guy and one girl from Germany, which is Antonia. Hi. And Hendrik. Hello. And you're listening to the eighth episode of our show. And we will have, hopefully, a little bit shorter episode today, because last episode we had, again, over two hours, and this shouldn't be uh, our target time. So we don't have that much topics today to talk about, but we'll still cover the news, which were coming out of FFG, the new spoiler article about the Twin Shadows expansion pack. Also, we will talk about how to paint your miniatures and stuff around this, and we will finally get on with the card discussion about the technological superiority Imperial class deck. So to start things off, um, how were your last three weeks? I, we keep, especially m- me, myself, I keep saying this show is bi-weekly, but we keep on missing weeks. So Hendrik, what did you do in the last three weeks? Oh, I had to work and then we were on holidays. So you didn't get a, get a so game in? I think we played one, one or two missions in the last campaign with our Polish friend. Oh, well, it's... We, we, we are still at the beginning of the campaign with him. Yeah, we played Under Siege. Yeah, that's okay. One or two missions. I also only played one... How oh, did I play? I, I can't remember. So, Herwig, what about you? Did you finally play a mission? Uh, sadly not, because some so, somebody of my play, some of my players had to get baby. Oh, so, we, we should yeah. we should we should we should um, open up a pot to yeah. uh, to when you play your na- next mission and the winner <laughs> winner should get yeah, the I hope prize. Nobody else is pregnant, so okay. <laughs> you just you just noticed the other day. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we wanted to try to uh, fix a day for playing, but we only managed. To get a day in for the Star Wars role playing, and yeah, because of kid thingies. Yes, it's hard if Chil- you have kids. Children, su- a child suddenly appearing. So yeah, suddenly appearing. Was it that unexpected? No, it was very planned. But we we hoped we could squeeze it in before it would come. Oh, okay. See the light of day, but yeah. Okay, that's bad. So, but uh, I think in in a week or so it should be fine to have time again. I okay. hope so. So. We will start right on with our news, and this is um, on the top. We have uh, FFG posted the new spoiler article for the next expansion, which is of course the Twin Shadows expansion. And I think most of you already read it. We linked it on our Facebook page, which you should visit, by the way, and like it because we post a lot uh, other stuff there too. And the the article mainly talks about the, the imperial side of the expansion. And to get things started, uh, we have a few a few spoiler cards again, and mainly new units and new um, um, what's it called um, cards from the class deck, the new class deck, and we will talk about them a little bit here. Uh, let's start off with the heavy stormtroopers. Uh, one of you guys wanna wanna read this? So there's a normal and an elite version of the heavy stormtrooper. They have plus two accuracy, um, they have a heavy weapon, they can get um, plus one damage and plus uh, and one blast. Um, they have also um, 
better defense with composite plating. It reads while defending if the attackers four or more spaces away apply plus one defense to the defense results. So it's good when you're away um, from your target and you can make uh, much damage to it. And you also defend better. And the weapon has a blue and a red die. Yeah, and I think they they have six uh, and eight health for the uh, elite version. They have a black die and only speed three. And I and, and it's two heavy troopers per group. Yes, of course, it's two heavy troopers per group. And I I'm not sure what to make of them because they they have a minimum range of four because if you if you um, if you roll a blue dice, it's at least uh, range two, and they, they, I don't, I don't know how to how to play with them because most, I think most maps will be too small to make uh, the range effective. So, do do you know how to play these guys? Because I can see them any being any better than regular stormtroopers, because with them. Yeah, I would use them like the E-Web Engineer, just um, they can move and shoot. Maybe that's a difference. Maybe use them as a scare tactic to, to drive rebels away from certain points of the map. Yeah, they have, a, they have a big gun, so I think it's just the fact that you don't wa want to run towards the guy with the big gun. So maybe that's just the, the effect they will have on the rebel players. Yeah, that's... Scare them off a little bit. From a tactical standpoint, I don't... I don't think I don't really like them. They're so slow and they're they should be used they should be used as a at a distance, but they they can't really move away from rebels once their rebels get close, so I'm not maybe that's the counter to them, to actually get close to them and hack hack away at them from from uh, close range, but whatever. Okay, so not sure how to play them and we will see how they will use how they will get used in the new campaign, but in uh, the short campaign. In the short so campaign, of course, yes. And uh, but that's not the only um, unit we got spoiled. The next unit we got spoiled are the Tusken Raiders, and the Tusken Raiders is again a mercenary unit. So it's not an imperial unit, but a mercenary unit. The, they have a deployment cost of five and seven for the leader version, and a reinforcement cost of two and free for the elite version. They have as abilities search for weaken, so you can spend a search for the weakened, uh, um, what is it called, condition is called. And they have search for cleave one. And they have a new ability type called habitat desert, which means they can only be deployed on maps that feature at least one tile desert. That's quite interesting. It's I think it's mentioned in the article somewhere. And they have a ability. They can have. They have a special uh, action. Tusken Cycler perform a ranged attack using one blue and one red die. You cannot use abilities during this attack, because otherwise they are melee and roll a red and a green die. For defense, they have a black die and they have four health and four speed. And the elite version has, of course, seven health. The elite version is actually quite similar. Uh, just that it has another plus one damage in eight without you have to, you having to spend a surge on it. So I'm not sure, but you can't. Of course, you can't use the plus one damage of the elite version when you perform a range attack. So they are mainly melee, 
but you also can use them as ranged if you need to. So I they they look good because they are quite cheap and with four health they are not as prone to to like uh, blast and granite attacks like because most of the time you are um, when you play against fan in the in the campaign most of the time if uh, units have three hit points it's usually a given that they can be uh, killed or defeated within one activation of fan I think so with four health they should Tuscan Raider should be a little bit more resilient against this, but we will see. I, I think they are worth the 5 deployment costs, and I think they are actually a little bit better than the um, heavy, heavy Stormtroopers, but maybe that's just me having um, rose-tinted goggles on. Um, I have two thoughts on, on, on the Tuscan Raiders. Uh... One is, um, I guess the next big campaign will also feature desert tiles or desert planets in some way. Because this year will, there will be a big box expansion coming along and it has to feature some desert stuff because otherwise you can't use the Tusken Raiders in, well, in half uh, of the... I, I th yeah, of course, since we get the Twin Shadows mostly play on Tatooine, so it, it will be uh, featuring mostly desert tiles. But I think also the current desert tiles, they also count against this habitat trait or whatever we call this. So they should be usable already in the current campaign, just not on, on maps that feature yeah. the, the jungle environment. Yeah, that's true, but I think there must be some desert usage in the next uh, big box campaign, otherwise they would be useless. So I don't think we will already get uh, the Hoth campaign, so... Well, um, I don't know because maybe the maybe they box. thought maybe they thought that uh, Twin Shadows expansion is mainly tied to the core box. So if the the next big expansion box, they could ring they couldn't um, ring in an, a complete new cycle with this. I don't think they will start a new cycle already. I think they will. They, they still have to make a, a a new hope version of Leia because I think we will see. Um, like of the main heroes of uh, Luke, Leia, Han, and so on, we will see three or four different versions of them depending on the movies and at the timeline. So I don't think we will already see with the next next big box expansion, which will be probably announced at Gen Con. I don't think we will see um, uh, already Hoth. So I think Hoth will be the next big cycle. And the other thought I had... Um, um, they started to uh, release also the uh, some of the groups from the in like the next skirmish wave of expansion will feature the Wookiee warriors, uh, hired guns, and stormtroopers. It would be interesting to see if they also will make uh, like uh, this uh, small expansion of Tusken Raiders and uh, heavy stormtroopers, so you could expand them that way without buying Twin Shadows twice. Yeah, that's. Yeah, yeah, I would like that too. That's that's a good idea, yeah. But I'm not sure. Yeah, for the for the for the skirmish guys, it would be much better to to be able to buy them separately. Separately, but I since they didn't do this for most of the most not of the yet. units in the core box. I'm I not think sure. not yet. I think in 
in every of these skirmish waves, however we will call them, we will have like one or two uh, new repositioned troopers because the stormtroopers in this uh, skirmish pack there have a little course, bit they, they reposition. Models. Yeah, so I think in every wave there would be like one or two uh, repositioned models, yeah. if you call them you know, like that. You know what I thought for the if they if they start to release uh, units we already have in the box in the bigger boxes uh, as standalone expansions or villain or ally packs, mo- mostly villain packs. Then I think they should at least include alternate card art for them. Like keep the keep the stats yeah. the same, but but switch out the the card art so it's switching up the the table a little bit. Because but I otherwise, think that, yeah, you're totally right on that. But uh, I think the the alternate card art is all for the um, for the for the play kits for the yeah stores. exactly that was that, that's 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 what was, was the word I was fishing for yeah. The alternative art is just for these um, tournament cards, for these prize cards. I don't think they will use alternative art on them in the yeah, hero we villain packs. I would, I would like them to have because otherwise, most campaign players will have no incentive to buy the the villain packs that are just duplicates for the um, for the units already already included in the big campaign boxes so mm, i'm not sure but maybe they will just keep on doing this and use the ally and villain well they tried it the motivation to buy the stormtrooper pack would be to ha- get the agenda deck and a new side mission for the campaign that's all sadly yeah but the the agenda deck it it, it has to be very good so it they, it's a it's a problematic issue because if they make the agenda deck too good you have you will buy it, and then the campaign will be a little bit lopsided if you include it again agenda deck. But if you if you don't make it good enough, then campaign players don't have any incentive to buy the pack. So it's a bit of a problem, I think. So I maybe we'll see next year if they continue to maybe they will even split the the packs into skirmish packs and campaign packs, and they will have a little bit of overlap, but mostly be for one of the two play modes. We will see. Yeah, I don't think that they will make alternative art because I don't know. At least in descent, they didn't do it for the lieutenant packs, right? So no, the, but I want my alter- that, alternative art cards. <laughs> the only funny thing they changed <laughs> with the lieutenant packs is that um, they changed. Uh, they had this rumor missions. Yeah, and they and they had to change if they like had a condition on the card. Oh, that's when I just thought about it. Now, if they had a condition. On the card that it was only in the expansion, like um, engulfed in flames, basically that your model is burning or whatever, and then you buy it, bought the lieutenant pack, the plot deck version of the dragon queen didn't have it because you they didn't expect any everybody to have the uh, conditions. So this could be also the case for the for these troopers because then they had would. Buy you have to buy you, give you also the condition cards for the new conditions. This could be the problem, so that uh, would have a different version of the heavy stormtrooper then. But then again, uh, yeah, th- that's the complicated thing with all these conditions. I know for the Tusken Raiders, you at least have to have the weakened conditions. So if you give you out the, the weakened pack, yeah. if you give out the mercenary pack for them, you at least have to include weakened cards, so you can use the weakened tokens, you... tokens and cards. There are no, yeah, oh, are there, it will are be tokens, tokens again. Too? Oh, there will be tokens again. So, there, okay, yeah, maybe they will never show up in a 
in a villain pack. Yeah, Whatever. I just thought about that. That this could be the reason. Maybe they would have would have to change them, but then it yeah. It's not the same unit then, so yeah, it's, it doesn't. It, it won't make sense to sell them again. Ugh. But right now uh, there is no expansion announced for the Tusken Raiders, right? There will be a figure inside the game. There will, will only, only be, be will only be a figure inside. We were only twin box. Yeah. Thinking about if they would release them as hero or villain packs, like that we'll do with some of the units from the uh, core set. Mm, yeah. To for the uh, for the article. We also have a few new cards spoiled for the new Imperial class deck, which is called... Is it called Imperial Leadership? Yes. In, no, it's a, it's Inspiring it's Inspiring Leadership. leadership. Oh. oh, the right. is Imperial Leadership. Yes. Okay. So, and the first uh, card, uh, the first class card you get for free is Field Officer. Antonio, want to read it? Uh, yeah, okay. Okay, so Field Officer, it's an attachment, Guardian, Leader or Trooper only. Exhaust this card, you gain one action order. Choose a friendly figure within two spaces. That figure may interrupt to perform a move. <laughs> and we linked this on the, um, on the Facebook page. Uh, I think uh, Hendrik, uh, Hervik, you linked it on the Facebook page, right? Or did I link it? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe. We, we talked about it. Yeah, on we talked Skype, about it. I think. And I, I, I trashed this card a bit because it, what it does, it basically converts uh, all of the units you have in this group uh, into to get the same the same special ac uh, special action uh, as the um, the imperial officer has with his order and it seemed awfully weak for a, for the first ability for me because if you compare it to other abilities like uh, show of force or um, what's the other card uh, the, the one we'll talk about uh, today experimental arms they are also very active and they uh, they seem very strong and very situational while field officer while situ situational i don't it doesn't it doesn't change that much because especially in after if you if you use it in aftermath the map is so small you can't actually get away from the rebels so getting an additional move for a for another figure it's very i, I think it's very weak and it's it, I think it tainted uh, the the whole view I have on this deck. So, what's your thoughts about this? Is it any good? Um, I stand. I think um, in uh, my first impulse impulse was to to like this card. I don't know why, but um, yeah, somehow I liked the effect of it. I don't know how how good it will really play, but uh, on the first read through, I thought, oh well, that's a neat idea, funny idea. Also, the, the the main issue I have with this card is that it doesn't actually give all of the the, um, the units in this group the just the ability order, but you have to exhaust this card. So you can only use it. You can use it with any with any of the figures, but you can only use it once per round. So it's not if you slap it on stormtroopers, they get one order per round. This is really strange, and it seems really weak. I'm yeah, well, sure. but still. Yeah, it's Sorry. like making one one trooper making it into a light imperial officer. So okay. Yes, so yeah. it's I don't know. I don't like it that much. Okay, we have the the next figure. Uh, the next figure. The next card we have spoiled from this deck is press on. It's for one XP. Uh, uh, Herrick, do you want to read it? Uh, press on. 
At the end of each round, round, choose one regular Imperial group. Each figure in that group recovers one blast damage, so one damage. Yeah, this that's is, not so bad. This is, yeah, it's quite good actually. I, I, li I like it, but it doesn't, uh, it still doesn't negate the, the, the very, very, uh, what's it called, very weak first card of the deck. I don't know. I, it's it's a very good effect, but one one damage, especially later on in the in the campaign, one damage doesn't make any that well, much difference. You, you you should get it at the beginning for two XP and I know. But so we had in the in the it's only one XP. Yeah, it's even XP. only one. So yeah, you buy it after your first mission. First mission after is. I know it's it's still strong, but it's it's. Losing, losing strength overall over the campaign. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. But which not all, I not think, all the other cards yeah. do. So normally, I think all these clear stacks, some of them like work with uh, like tweaking a lot of little things. The more cards you have, and you can turn pull gears on a lot of little little effects, or you have decks that have a few huge impacts on the game, but. I don't know. I, I think I like like um, the deck of uh, uh, subversive tactics. Yeah. I think I like this uh, a lot of little effects more. Although you have to be they all, very they careful all as and concentrated as an imperial player because it's nothing is more frustrating than forgetting to play, use some of your imperial class cards in in I a know. round. The thing, the thing is, for the subversive tactics decks, they all target the same thing, which is strain for the heroes. Yeah. And the other decks, they are not, they aren't that focused, to yeah. me at least. But we will talk about the technological superiority deck, which is a little bit similar to uh, what's it called subversive tactics in that way. But uh, for the next card that is spoiled, the last uh, of the spoiled class decks cards, this is Noble Sacrifice. This is, um, it's called Noble Sacrifice, it costs 2 XP, and deplete this card when an Imperial leader or guardian is defeated. Choose up to 5 Imperial figures that had line of sight to that figure. E each of these figures becomes focused. Uh, that sounds strong, <coughs> but it's only, it only works for a leader and a guardian, and it only works once per mission. So, mm, I, I I think we have to see more of the deck to be actually sure that it's. I think it's definitely weaker than <coughs> the um, subversive tactic tactics deck, and maybe even weaker than the uh, military might deck. But we'll have to see it for to be sure. You know, I think it can be very good, but uh, because you can push uh, five figures to become focused, so um, if you plan it right, it will be stronger. Yeah, it's just it's just once per mission and. I don't know. Well, it it could be interesting in the missions in the expansion deck because you have the one of the new uh, villain packs is this stormtrooper lieutenant, mm -hmm. Kane. What's so his so name? Somos. Kevin Somos. And I'm yeah, just looking for his if his card was spoiled in his news article. Give me a second, because if he's a cheap model and has a Guardian or leader ability, this card would make more sense. I don't know if it's if he's a guardian or leader. I think it's still good on, the, on an imperial officer. 
Yeah, you don't actually have to put Noble Sacrifice on anyone. You, it's just you have to deplete it when someone dies. Yeah, so. ju yeah just the idea that uh, the rebel player doesn't want to kill him because he's in a good position for using this card yeah. could be good. Yeah, I think it's good because in most of the missions either a leader or a guardian is there, like the royal guard or the imperial officer. Mm. Yeah, the, the thing the thing that it, that it really works just once per mission. It, it's, if, it, if it would be... Uh, like exhaust this card and it just would uh, focus two figures it would be much better I think even though the overall figures you could focus permission would be about the same but it would be more flexible I think I don't know I, I think see. it would be too good then because then you can always focus the other royal guard or whatever you can also already do this with the, the elite royal guards so they already focus if the if the other I think it in two within two spaces they they focus each other, and also they focus upon each other defeated Imperial figure within two spaces. So it's, I don't know. Yeah, huh. I have uh, no. We will see. Then there's a fourth um, card spoiled on the in the text, which is optimal tactics for four XP, which reads: while attacking other Imperial figures within three spaces of a friendly leader. Apply plus one damage to their to their attack results and may may reroll one attack die. This is ooh, if you slap this on Vader, the game is already over, right? <laughs> I mean, you well, can slap it on Vader. Vader is a Vader's leader, right? Does he does he have leader trait? Yes, Darth Vader is a leader. Yeah, he's a leader too. So you can slap this on Vader, and then I think it's very hard to to get actually anything going against him. Hmm. Yeah, it's a good card. It's a very good 4xp card. Well, it's it's uh, also it's not specific to a single, single figure. It's uh, to of a friendly leader, so you can, you can use it yeah, with any leader. It, the, the thing is, it it, it works so it works within very three spaces, good. which is very a very large area, and you can you can yes. you can slap it on an imperial officer, hide him away in, uh, across a corner, behind a corner, and then everything. Um, in front still benefits from the plus one damage and the reroll ability, which is also very good. So I think, yeah, I think the imperial officer still gets yeah, better. It's, with it's, this it gets even better with this expansion, which is I think we could expect it because because um, when the when the actual class deck is inspiring leadership and the imperial officer is the cheapest leader you can get as, as, as the empire. I think it's a given that it's that it's. A very good deck for the Imperial Officer. Okay, the next one is we have one reward card spoiled, which is Surveillance Operatives. Deplete this card during any activation to choose up to three troopers or leader figures. Each of the chosen figures may interrupt or perform a move. I don't know, it depends on the uh, on how hard the mission is to get this and how how much the mission to get this co actually costs because you still you have to pay some influence to play these these forced missions and then if you win them you get the reward so if the the mission costs free and this is quite easy to complete the card is okay but if co if it costs four and the mission is hard for the imperials maybe it's not okay i don't know so this this depends entirely on ten on, on the mission so we also have agenda spoiled uh, I think two agenda cards from the deck, and the first one is Death Mark. And Hendrik, do you want to read it? Yes, 
Uh, it's to influence. Place this card in the hero's play area. While attacking this hero, um, what's called beast. Beast figures apply plus one. D I think it's mercenary. It's at the symbol of the green imperial cards. Um, apply plus one damage to the attack results. This card, this card when this hero is defeated. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, that's that's cool if you if you run a lot of. Actually, that's that synergizes well with the what's it called with the subversive tactic tactic stacks because most of the the mercenaries so far they 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 have effects that touch upon strain and the, the endurance of the of the heroes. So usually you play with Nexu or Trend Ocean hunters, and both of them are mercenaries and they would apply the plus one damage to their attack, which is very good. Yeah, and it makes also the Tusken Raiders a little bit better. So. Also, of course, the Tusken Raiders, they will be yeah. a, bit, a little bit better with this. The Tusken Raiders especially are also, I think they will synergize well with the subversive tactics because they uh, they can inflict a weakened condition, which is also, I think the weakened, uh, we, we touched upon this last time, weakened is minus, minus one. Minus yeah, yeah, you have minus one, one surge and minus one surge cancel on your defense. So it's quite okay I think yeah we will see it's I think the this card it seems a little bit strong with the subversive tactics decks but it, it's quite cool and it's also it's not something you just have to use once or once per mission or so um, oh it's oh it's this card this card I, I read it wrong okay then it's maybe it's not that good because it costs two friends twin friends yeah it's <laughs> only when only when he's no, no, defeated you have to you have to uh, you have to play. Um, and actually, how does this yeah, work? Yeah, actually, defeated. I, yeah, but you you buy it during the upgrade stage, right? Yeah. So you have it in your hand because usually it says keep this card secret. No, you place it. It's like uh, he is uh, in his player next to his hero sheet. There's really this card that says like you have a uh, laser point on your head. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you but, have an X on your does head. This, so. Does this does this happen when you buy it or? you get it in your hand and then can play it I think someone... it's it depends on you when you want to do it I, I see no no uh, no indication uh, in this text uh, when it should be placed in the heroes area yeah, so. I think it's a bit because usually when you when you play it during a mission it says so in the on the on the card I don't know maybe you and have I think to... uh, defeated is um, is the wording for if if, if you I, lose your, your all of your health once, so it, yeah, okay, it so doesn't matter if, if you yeah. and but normally I, in the missions you just try to get the heroes on the wounded side and don't really defeat them. So you could have this card on a hero for the whole campaign. No, no, defeated is the 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 wording which they use for when a hero loses his all of his hit points. Once. Yeah, but no, no, it's not. They if you if you wound a hero, he's also defeated. What you what you mean is withdraw. If, ah, uh, withdraw. if, a, if okay. a wounded hero is defeated yeah. again, okay, okay. he withdraws. So this only works the first time until you okay. wound a hero. Well, I think you <laughs> you think too much with the eyes of an imperial player. <laughs> I know, but but uh, especially for this for this article, they mostly spoil stuff for the imperial player. Yeah. But so. Okay. Yeah, well, it, you know the agenda cards is always free and attack, so 
you know, they're always like a little bit balanced. So if one would be very strong, the other two are normally not that they are weak T's or um, if this card is okayish, then maybe the other two are a little bit stronger. Yeah, we will see. Maybe it's maybe it's good because sometimes it really boils down to um, getting the last hero defeated, wounded, yes. wounded. Yeah. If you can't play it during the mission, it's quite strong. I I, I think it's quite strong because it... I think it's it's not played during a mission because it doesn't say to keep it on your hand. So. Yeah, I I say so too. I think you have to to play it once you buy it, which is oh, I don't know. It seems. A, it's restrictive, but we'll. I think we have to clarify this with FFG actually, but we'll see. So that the, the last, I think it's the last card we have spoiled. Yes, the last card that is spoiled is another agenda card from a different agenda deck actually, and it's called Advanced Prototypes. Keep this card secret. During any mission, you may play this card when you deploy a group. While each figure in that group is attacking, you may replace one die in its, in its attack pool with one red die. Discard this card at the end of your uh, of the mission or when all figures in that group are defeated. It's for one influence. It could be good. I don't know. Maybe you can give like the one imperial. What's it, uh, the the eweb engineer? You can give him two red die and the uh, and the blue die, which could also be good. But I don't know. It it's just one influence, so it's. Maybe you buy it when you when you have one influence to spare. Could be good. It's not that much worse or that much better than most of the other one influence cards. So it's actually quite nice balanced. Yeah, for example, you can make Darth Vader really deadly, right? With three red die. He's already too deadly. I think it's better on cheapest stormtroopers, so you can get three red die. Yeah, but he doesn't it, get right? defeated, so... Yeah, that's, that's true, yeah. Vader could... Yeah, yeah, you have to, to protect the group. Vader could get it each round because he usually lasts like two, three, or four rounds. So, and uh, if you put it on Imperial Stormtroopers, they it's it's like it's like painting a painting a red sign on them saying "Shoot me, shoot me, shoot me." <laughs> it's not the red die; it's the red sign. So, I think yeah, this but is. But it could be fun on an eweb engineer. Yeah, like I said, it's it could be very strong on an eweb engineer. Okay, this is all we all, all every, everything spoiled in this article, I think. Oh, oh, and very fun on a heavy weapons stormtrooper, but yeah, like you said, it it just pulls like a kill me, kill me sign on it. But then again, you have the heroes have to focus on this target, and maybe can't focus on a mission target. So you always have to think about this. If you give them another target, they have to go after. It diverts their attention. I just, so. I, ju I just noticed that um, that giving this to heavy stormtroopers is also a good idea. Like you said, you replace one blue die with one red die. You have two accu accuracy, which is like flat because you can't get any accuracy on the red die and uh, and roll two red die. It's, it seems quite strong, but it's okay, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's the the article spoiled by FFG for the Twin Shadows expansion. And uh, the other news about the Twin Shadows expansion, of course, is that it's on the boat. I don't know if you mentioned this last time. I don't think so. It was, I think it was updated one day after we re released the last podcast. So I don't think we talked about it last uh, last podcast. But it's on the boat. It should be in uh, in stores either shortly before Gen Con or shortly after Gen Con. 
I think it will be before Gen Con. Well, most most people on Board Game Geek said that uh, FFG will hold it back until Gen Con and then distribute it to retailers. I don't know. Is this? Uh, I never I never took took notice when they actually delay products specifically no, for Gen Con so they, no. so, so they can build up the hype there. Or I, I don't think they need to build up a hype for Imperial Assault because it's one of their best-selling games, which if you can guess the numbers, they don't really release a lot of actual numbers, but if you can guess the numbers that Fantasy Flight is selling, that says a lot for the game. So I think this is still a little bit from the... Um, they they don't really ha- ha- have a saying when stuff arrives because it it get packs it it get it, the stuff gets on a container and then it's just to more or less good luck how fast the container gets to a ship and so on and so forth so they often don't really know until the moment the containers are opened and uh in a truck they really don't know when the stuff is there and normally it's not their tactic to delay products for Gen Con because then they have to get the stuff to Gen Con and normally they will uh they would do it if the hype about this product but I don't think they need the hype they will show enough enough new stuff at Gen Con that they don't need twin shadows there yeah i think so too yeah they will they will sell it there but it won't. It, but it won't be the hype. The hype product, yes. But the last year they showed before Gen Con, um, Star Wars Armada, XCOM, and Imperial Assault, and had like three big titles out of the blue that nobody was expecting. Mm, yeah. And I think it will be similar this year. They will have a couple of new titles that nobody is expecting. Of course, a lot of expansions for uh, current stuff current stuff um but the focus of um Chencon will be doing a hype about new product and it probably will be several um force awakens stuff so and Chencon is only a month away it's, it starts on the 30th of July and i think the in flight report will be on the 1st of August or the th- uh second is there a th- 31st of July? Yes, there's a 31st of July. Yeah, no, yeah. Female, no. It's on I just Friday. Had to ca- I had just had to count on my knuckles. Oh. <laughs> it's, uh, the 31st is on Friday, and I will be gone the week after, so I will have maybe a little bit of time and during holidays to catch up with all the um, Gen Con news. So yeah, my uh, my bet is that they will spoiler stuff, which is right now in development, so in the website they list... Um, Twin Shadows and all the uh, mini expansions um, on the boat and there is the Stormtroopers villain pack, the Wookiee Warriors ally pack and the Hired Guns villain pack which wasn't shown yet, right? Because yeah, uh, there, had, there was a convention spoiled. where they spoiled the R2-D2 and so on, right? On, it on was the was celebration, yes. They spoiled yes. it yeah. there. So maybe they, they, they spoiled those on the Gen Con. Yeah, but I think they will have, yeah a couple of new uh, various new stuff nobody's expecting because last year nobody was expecting a XCOM board game or Star Wars Armada nobody was expecting Star Wars Armada the the thing is the the Wave 3 uh, Imperial Assault packs they are not even listed on the upcoming page as in development so I'm not sure how far out they really are maybe they they won't even hit this year 
But they no, said they said it's it, they they will hit late this year, like in fall or or winter. They said um, uh, September October in the. But shouldn't it be listed on the on the upcoming page then? I don't know why it's not listed, but it could be sometimes. Um, product is only sh- maybe it's already locked on the page because I think they have some safety f- safeties on the page, so no- nothing gets uh, from the database gets released uh, early or so, so that some stuff can't be on the upcoming page until a certain date. So I guess okay. if it's they maybe, can only maybe show they it if it's until- a. Yeah, maybe they wait until, until Gen Con to actually list it. I'm not sure. Yeah, we will see. Yeah, well, they will probably show us the next big big box expansion for Imperial Assault, and probably. I hope so. I hope so. And maybe even another wave of skirmish stuff or some uh, stuff specific for skirmish. So, but yeah, we talked a lot about uh, expansion or future stuff already. Okay, that's it about uh, Twin Shadows for now, and we will. Soldier on uh, to campaign play experiences since no one of us has played any skirmish, I think. <laughs> and I played two games or two missions in the past three weeks. And both of which, I think I, I lost the first and won the second. The first was ca- captured where after you win the drawn in mission, the rebels got captured and you played it as a forced mission with no upgrade stage in between. And it's actually very thematic because it's you they break out of prison, don't have their their equipment, you have to get their equipment first and then open up some terminals to get into the trash compactor and then uh, uh, interact with another terminal to open up the basically the the exit in the trash compactor. It's very nice to play and I think it's also uh, up there with the um, uh, impounded mission as the, the thing I, the, the, the mission I like the most until now. And the second mission we played was Sorry About the Mess, where the the Rebels can win Han Solo as an ally. And I think what what I noticed is if you if the the Imperial player plays subversive tactics, most of the of the ally missions, the ally side missions where you can win them, they are very hard because the all of the strain stuff from the subversive tactics deck it gets translated to direct damage for the allies and most of the time if the if the ally uh, is defeated the mission is lost for the for the rebels and this is a bit i think it's a little bit bad this bad design because especially against the subversive tactics deck these missions become very hard but that's i don't know i also i also discovered a neat little trick with imperial droids i will talk about later uh during the captured mission and we will. It's. I call it a droid bomb, but we'll. I'll actually. <laughs> I'll actually um, talk about it during the rules clarification because it's one of the the items of our rules clarification this this week. So, uh, Antonia and Hendrik, I think you played one game or two games. Yeah, we played one scenario under siege, um, which maybe some side mission. Before which oh, I don't okay. remember. Well, I just remember under siege, and because we won, woo! The rebels won. Yes. Yeah, it's, it was by one activation. It was very, so very. So Hendrik argued with us balanced. that we cannot force throw um, Darth Vader around. <laughs> but you can. <laughs> <laughs> it was very weird for me having the best figure in the game just being moved away. So it was like. 
two or three spaces uh, two few movement points to win the scenario that was yeah, yeah but it's if it's close it's good right but it felt yes. weird for us because under siege is the scenario where we have this different rooms and you more or less have to uh, um, avoid uh, to have um, any imperial figures without a not wounded um, rebel figure in one room right so yeah you have to defend the rooms and if they if you don't occupy them with healthy rebel uh, allies they can be taken over by the imperials yeah and i think they have to take over four of the rooms of the five rooms or so yeah, Something and like it was eight rounds, I think, the mm -hmm. long length of the game. And first we, um, yeah, we felt a little bit, um, it felt easy at the very beginning, but then it got quite hard because Darth Vader and the Imperial Guards showed up, so it was way closer than we thought. And an RST. The funny thing is, in during my campaign, we also played this mission, and my, my rebels actually uh, came out of the complex and waited on the spawn point, and they thought they had it under control until two uh, royal guards spawned, and then also Vader spawned in the next in the next round, and then they got got completely destroyed. So, but but they managed to be. <laughs> I think that this is one of the missions that don't actually have one only one win condition, but like two, where you if the if the imperial player can uh, take back the complex within six rounds, I think he gets some bonus stuff or so. And so, th at least my my rebels managed to avoid this. So you don't, I I I marked it as a as a draw between between the two of between the between our two groups. So so we won, or what did we do, Hendrik? If you if you if you managed yes, to you to to hold out all eight rounds, you won the mission completely. So that oh, okay. I think the imperial player doesn't get anything other than one influence and one XP then. Yeah, it was quite hard because um, Henrik managed to um, spawn an ATST in front of this long corridor, yeah, and he I just <laughs> shot inside all the time. So that's nice. Yeah, with the blast. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it's. I think it's also a very thematic uh, mission with Under Siege. You you can you can hide away in the complex and you can shoot out the doors and it's very cool. Yeah, the only downside was that it took us, I think, four hours with a little bit talking and setting up and so on. So it was a quite long scenario for us. Yeah, it's only it's only eight rounds. Like I don't know if you if you if it takes you four four hours to complete eight rounds. Did you? How long did it take you to play the last uh, mission of the previous campaign? Because it's also like ten or twelve rounds limit. Um. Was it also that long, or does it take longer now since you all, all know the rules we, better? I think we managed to finish between we two and three hours, right? For each scenario. Hendrik? Yes, the, sh the short scenarios were between two and three hours, but I think there's always a lot of downtime because um, he is just new with playing Imperial Assault, and this will get better. Okay. Okay. So... That's our short um, play experiences for this episode. And we will go on with our news and community stuff in which we will talk about today about painting the figures. And of course also uh, bending figures in shape because uh, I have something to talk about this. But first, uh, Hendrik, uh, I uploaded your, uh, your pictures on the Facebook page 
Uh, do you want to lead away with uh, how you painted the figures? What was what was easy? What was hard? Was it what was good? What was, what was bad? Yeah, first of all, they're they're very nicely made and very detailed figures. But um, most guys um, know painting from Warhammer, um, and the problem Antonia and I always see is that they forget um, the preparing of the figures, so they forget the molding lines and so on. And just that there's um, several hours on figures before you can start painting. So um, just prepare stuff before you do anything. Just um, like the standard tools that you see on Games Workshop are the cutter knife. So you can cut away all those molding lines because when the figures are pressed, they are mainly they are on the side from one side to another one small line on the complete figure and when you will paint it you will see that line very clearly and it's very ugly so you have to remove it first yeah i actually saw people selling um, their painted figures with molding lines and you can s i mean if you really know where to look if you look a little bit closer you immediately see them even if it's painted so even for example the nexu they have if you look at them they have like really bad molding lines all over them so i don't yeah, that's that's really sad because the figures are very good, but you have to put a long time before you can start yeah, painting. The, the sad thing with the Nexo was that I just saw some of the mold lines after uh, priming them and starting like my first layer of paint, and that's for me always the most most fr frustrating part. If you just discover some new molding lines like in the middle of painting, and then you have to yeah get out your modern life again, get yes. get try to fix that molding line and then yeah then you have to repaint that area and so on that's can be very frustrating yeah that's what just happened to me yesterday when i um, painted some figures for descent i don't know i just to be honest i just kept on painting but um, you will get better in time yeah what i also wanted to say about molding lines is maybe um it's kind of practice. Sometimes it's easier to scratch the lines away than yeah. to cut them. Um, then you'll see that they are uh, the same height as the figure, so you won't see them after painting. Just just try it with a stormtrooper that you don't <laughs> like so much first. Or maybe with uh, space marines or something. Um, many many figures also have um, little holes or um, spaces where their arms are connected um, and there was also um, in the new episode of the Silrastro's painting guide there was also a um, solution to that that he uses green stuff to put all those um, gaps away and there's also one uh, very useful thing that's from Games Workshop is yeah. liquid green stuff and you ha don't have to mix it you just can to Use a brush and put it inside. What, what and is this will... green stuff actually? Uh, Do you know? Is this is this a is it a form of plastic or what is this? Oh, I'm not sure. It's the um, two type component. Yeah, the not liquid green stuff is like two type that component, will... like two stripes besides each other, and then you um, take equal parts of them, and um, yeah, like a chewing gum, uh, mix it. I mean, not with your teeth, but with your hand. <laughs> <laughs> does it, does it taste good? <laughs> no, I never tasted it. Probably not that healthy. <laughs> uh, it's, I think it's some kind of uh, plastic. I'd say it's, it's a polymeric um, epoxy. So, oh, it's yeah, I know. It will get hard, and then it's like um, 
strong plastic part. The only part bad thing is that you have to um, maybe take several steps. So you put some green stuff on and then you wait and see if there is yeah. too much or not enough. And yeah. then you... Yeah scratch away or put more on it and so on you, you needed to use a lot of green stuff on the shadow dragons from the descent set yes i really like <laughs> i don't know it was i used so much green stuff liquid green stuff on those guys is it actually if, if someone were to to look up this green stuff does it actually show up if you type in google green stuff or on amazon yeah there are, it, yeah really yeah, green stuff is really easy to and find. And there are some other companies that also produce uh, similar stuff. Like there's uh, Milliput, I think they're called. And uh, if you're like uh, the the professionals, like professional miniature painters and so on, they all swear like on the Milliput stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm just seeing it on Amazon now. It's really called green stuff there too, so... I never heard of this, so <laughs> yeah, just, I'm new to this all to this miniature stuff. I would so. uh, uh, just order it from Games Workshop. It's very easy to get. But isn't there. it very, very expensive? Expensive at Games Workshop. Yeah, the problem. Yeah, but uh, the amount you need on Imperial Sold is not that much for. Yeah, and I, 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 I have to say for for some stuff, uh, for some painting stuff. Um, you you should use their stuff like there like there's like no other be better um, black shade at the moment I think than Nolan Oil, so which is one of their black shaders. It's I yeah, think one I, of the best at the moment. I think it's uh, Serastros uses it in his uh, videos. Yeah. right? it's Nolan Oil. And what he also uses a lot is um, one of the technical paints. And he makes a lot of uh, interesting effects, which is, it's like one of the varnishes are the Lamia medium. And that's actually more or less, uh, yeah, it's a very interesting technical paint to use. And yeah, I and generally, a, um, taking a look at Vallejo, Vallejo yeah. um, is also a good idea because, yeah, man, most of the times, I, in my opinion, the colors, for example, are way better than the Citadel colors. Yeah, and I have, I think the big uh, uh, thing which is pro Vallejo paints is that they come in drop bottles, and I think if you're beginning to paint, also a drop bottle is so much more better than the big uh, uh, painting pots from GW because, yeah, if they dry out or something, if you're not that of a regular painter, they can dry out and, yeah, remixing you, them is a pain in the ass. If a if a if a GW pot or or a pot uh dries up can you can you make it fluid again if you put some water in it and let it let it stand for like an, a day or so or is uh, it is it gone for good no you you can try to uh reliquify it but then you sh i use um some of the valeo uh thinner stuff like a mixture of water and paint thinner and yeah then you have to really um also have to get in there mix it in and get get back to the uh liquidity that you are looking for i rescued most of the, my um citadel colors with only using water so if if you use them for several years it's okay so after some f 5 years maybe they will be too old but um most of the time you can get very far with just using water. Yeah, but for beginners I would also recommend Valeo because they are um, 
if you buy both, like um, Citadel and Valeo, um, the Valeo are always, um, yeah, more liquid. I think uh, the Citadel always, um, yeah, seem to be quite um, hard, or the, the the dense the color in it. You, you need you need if you take the um, the well, uh, GW has now different classes of colors, and if you use the um, what is called base colors, like founding colors, right? What are they now? Founding, foundation. The foundation. Right, yeah. uh, the they the are um, thicker. But I really like to use some of the foundation paints, like uh, uh, the the one the stone colored, this uh, whitish colored. It's perfect for dry brushing and so on. And the foundation colors are really good for uh, going in for dry brushing and so on. I think because they're a little bit thicker. Yes, it's just. I think it depends on what you're most used to with using yeah. colors, and just take them first. But some some of my friends use the P3 colors. They're the colors from Privateer Press, and they're also maybe they're they're the, probably the cheapest of the uh, colors that are sold by bigger companies, and they're also the most liquid ones. So it's uh, maybe easier for a beginner to use because they don't have to uh, thin down the paints. Yeah, the the good thing is that the Valeo are way cheaper because you can get a whole set of the. Um, they have two ranges. It's model and um, game, color. game color. And um, yeah, the game color is are the more yeah um, popular ones like pink or something like this. And then there is model color, which is more for tanks and stuff. And um, I think you can get all of those colors once. For 150 or 160 euro, which is a really good deal. Yeah, and so, it will probably last you a lifetime. Yeah, and it's like over, I, I'm not sure, it's something between 120 and 150 bottles, I think. So it's quite good. But I'm, I'm not sure on this. I will, I'm, I'm not sure. But it's all the colors I have in this range, so it's good. Yeah. How do you store that much bottles of colors? Do, do you have a box or... Do they all stand in uh, in your in your shelves? What? How do you do it? Yeah, I build a shelf um, on my wall, three rows of colors. It's, it's really just for the colors. Yes, maybe I can put up a photo later. Just write it down. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, I bought um, from uh, Hobby Zone. It's a Polish company, and they sell um, uh, painting place organizing stuff or whatever you should call it painting table stuff and uh, i bought a a little uh, painting area thingy i could maybe make a picture of it and there's two rows where you can put the paints in and the places in the back for your brushes and uh, working space so that's what i got but i need something for the wall also to put some of my other paints into it um, I just looked it up. One of those sets is, I, I overestimated, it's 72 colors with uh, brushes and thinner and so on for 160 euros. So that's a good deal. Just wanted to say. Yeah, you can uh, link it in the, in, uh, in our Skype chat and I will link it in the show notes too. And I have to say for Valeo, they have some very interesting, uh, some cool neon colors. Like I, I used the, uh, the fluo green for some of the displays and uh, technical goggles on the miniatures and it gives you really like this uh, strong fluorescent green tone like a neon green very cool color yeah 
so yeah Valeo paints is also a good po point to start and there are some um, uh, army painter has also a cheap starting range so some of the game color um, like the uh, they are quick shades like the I use a red quick shade and uh, two of the brownish quick shades so my experience um, was best with using games workshop inks and um, the, the army painter quick shades never really really worked for me that good is that the same for um, you? I had some good results with the dark tone but the dark tone um, is a little bit. It grays the miniature too da uh, down too much. So if you you lose, I think one or two gradients uh, of the color in in the not shaded places. Um, non oil is much better in that perspective. But the two other ones, the I really like to use the the red tone quick shade. Yeah, my favorite is uh, I think it's Adrax Earthshade. Now it's it's the best one for for easy results. Yeah, Adrax Earthshade you can really use on almost anything. That's the beauty of it. So it really works wonders on almost everything. Yeah, we have the quick shade, the strong tone, and um, it never worked out. It was quite kind of oily, and um, yeah. it um, well, the figures were very shiny afterwards. So. Yeah, that's the problem with many of the quick shades that it um, gets too shiny sometimes. So I only n n use them nowadays when I already have the place I know it's where the shade line is. And I paint more or less exactly in there. So if I have like a tunic or something, I use the quick shade already in the um, in the shaded places and not over the o over the whole miniature. Okay, so yeah, we didn't try that because um, actually they say and uh, people say on the internet that you can dip them, and yeah, that doesn't work in my opinion. Yeah, but but it, that's with the um, with the big bottles, like the strong shit, like the big bottles, and I think they work best if you paint a lot of models, like for tyrannids or orcs or goblins or so on. It's it's perfect for that, but. Normally, I, I wouldn't dip them anymore. I would uh, like to call it splash on technique, which using uh, getting it with a brush on and then wait a couple of minutes and then get all the excess away from the miniature again. But I think like the first army painter bottles were more or less uh, uh, yeah, a, a similar mixture to uh, wood polish, I think. Yeah, it, it it smells like it. Because it was like a, a starting trend like 10 years ago where people said, yeah, use wood polish to shade your miniatures. And then there were, this guy were <laughs> smart enough to resell people more expensive shoe po uh, wood polish. Wood polish. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> okay. Um, the, the other thing I wanted to talk about, the miniatures itself. Um, did you have many problems assembling them or like, Bending them in shape because um, some people uh, lamented about that they couldn't fit fit in the the, the gun for the ATST or that uh, the lightsaber of the Ala and Vader they were very out of shape. So uh, I looked it up on Board Game Geeks like a few months ago actually, and they said that you just have to put them into hot water and you can bend the plastic, and this worked fine for me. But I think I noticed one of my royal guards where I I, I bent the the stick of the royal guard. The, I think it's a stun stick in in the in the lore, whatever. Um, it's pointing out from his shoulder, and it's point it's pointy, and it's I think it's got bent like very easy. And it was a little bit bent when I got it. I 
bent it back in shape, but I noticed since I only I only transport them in the in a Ziploc bag that's came in, that's came with with the with the box. Um, I think one of the the Royal Guards I have uh, had the, the the sticky point from the stun stick broken now. I, did you have similar problems? I think some people had problems with, with the probe droids, but they are fine for me. I don't know. We had problems with Diala the most, I think. With her weapon, or what? What is especially? Yeah, the laser sword was uh, bent more or less ninety degrees, <laughs> nearly no forty-five or something. Yeah, mine too. I also had to give it a, a bath in hot water. But I think the important thing is also to put it afterwards in very cold water, right? To have it like spring back in action. Yeah, it has to, has to cool quick while it's in the right position to its. Yeah, and the water yes. must be hot enough because I think. I'm not sure, but Henrik, you first tried to bend it in more or less under the sink, and then you cooked the water? Yeah, it should, no, no, it's 70 degrees from the sink should be enough. It should be shortly before cooking or almost cooking water, yeah. I tried it in, in our bathroom sink, and it worked actually quite good, at least, at least for, the, for the models I had problems with. Maybe your water is hotter in Vienna. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that might be. Yeah. That always depends, yes. And you have to put it, but I think uh, I made the experience that if you put it afterwards, like immediately also in cold water, it, yeah, it stays in shape much better. I had a lot of problems with um, many of the uh, descent figures. They're like, they had a lot of warped bases. Yes. <laughs> it was like with the first edition of descent, like everything was warped. Yeah, but it it was very easy to fix if you heated it all up and then put it very strong on the table so they will yeah you still have to know about it because i like i said it's uh, it's my first miniatures game so i had no idea you could actually put it in hot water and bend it back in shape again so yeah i actually had i wrote this very often somewhere when like there were reviewers of youtubers or like there are many people who are just new to miniature gaming and uh, I just reposted a couple of videos I have on this topic to them. And they were like, oh, thank you. Because there are a lot of people who are <laughs> not used to uh, working with plastic miniatures. So all in all, uh, are the, the figures in Imperial Sword, are they higher quality than in Descent? Or are they the same quality? What do you, what, what you say? Uh, just wanted to say that it feels to me that... Um, I'm not sure, but I think they uh, changed the material a little bit. Or because... In descent, the monsters that you could bend them really easily if you have them hot enough. Yeah, I think the material is harder. Yeah, it, I, um, I bent the tail of the shadow dragon completely around the egg I modeled with green stuff, so it was really easy to bend it. Yeah, I think the it, it's a tougher plastic. Yeah, um, because the descent was some of the models. Um, there was big problem with warping um, the. What are called the dragon hybrids? Uh, this they were in the first expansion, the dragon uh, hybrid sentinels, and uh, they had like I have a. To look at them up. They they have a little sword. They have uh, the and oh. the edge of the sword got always bended in every way. I have like there's no way to get this thin plastic uh, in the right direction. You have to, you have to, you you have to put it into hot water and then 
uh, put it into a book. So it's in like a, yeah, like between, it between heavy books or so. In general, I would say that the quality is, uh, the, the, the detail quality and the um, amount of molding lines and the annoyance of it is more or less the same, I would say. At least they are, they are from tougher material now because I think if I would transport, uh, if you like the, the, the descent uh, mi miniatures, if they are really from weaker material, it would be bad for me because I still transport all my stuff into in the in the core box. I think the difference is it's uh, softer plastic, and normally that softer plastic can handle a little falling down or a little bit of imp impact. Yeah, aside aside from the one uh, issue I had with the Royal Guard, which I I'm not actually sure how much of it break did break off, or if it's even break. I I have to look it up. Um, aside from that, I didn't have any problems with the with the figures breaking per se. So I only had my one of my pro droids was broken in the uh, back, but I just glued it on the base again, so that was not a bigger big of a deal. But so I think they are sturdy enough to be transported within the Ziploc bag that came with the game. At least for me, they are, and I I actually abuse my box quite heavily, so I will get another one. In fall, when they're a little bit cheaper, so so I have a a more a more pristine one. Yeah, the the miniature quality is quite high for such a game. I mean, it's not the same quality as Warhammer or Infinity, for example, but um, but the price is much lower. So yes, it's it's more it's not that as detailed, but um, they are still good. But they have a lot of molding lines, in my opinion, even worse than other companies like Cool Mini or not the Zombie Side. Yeah, uh, there are some. Um Privateer Presses uh, sometimes put out, puts out some miniatures where I have to spend like hours getting all the mold lines okay. and all the gaps filled. So some of the older miniatures, older miniatures from Privateer Press were really uh, awful to get um, into shape for priming. Yeah, I think Kendrick hates the Wookiees the most. <laughs> Because the molding lines, I mean, they are really easy to peel off if you have like a flat surface, for example, the ATST, the molding line in the middle of the leg. Um, but once yeah. you have like, um, a fur, like the Wookiee has all over his body, it's really bad because you have this line which goes up and down and up and down. You do not want, do not, you do not want to cut off the fur. So it's a pain in the ass. Right, Hendrik? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it takes a very long time. Yeah, sometimes it helps to to uh, prime the model once because then the mold lines get a little bit stiffer because of the paint, and they are easier to cut off. In my experience, yeah, we scrape them, so we uh, take the flat edge. That's a nice idea. Maybe I'll try, yeah. I will try that one. So it it works sometimes for me uh, better. So I did this on my hand solo because I think just looking at it, I think I got all the mold lines, but yeah. Probably just will notice something at the latest days of painting, like always. But yeah, they are good quality, but I think um, they couldn't afford to bring out uh, poor quality figures because I have some of these old Whiskits uh, pre-painted Star Wars miniatures. Yeah. We used them in the role in our role-playing game, and they're like out of a soft plastic, and it bends like crazy. Can you still get these Whiskit stuff right now? Uh, I got it off eBay for our role-playing game. I think they're not they they stopped selling them like six years ago or something. And there are some of them, but the problem is, um, if you can buy them somewhere, they are all all are like uh, in 
in blisters where you don't know what you get. No, I know. Yeah, that's bad. And yeah. but you can get collections of them very cheap on eBay. I just bought like for thirty euros. I got like hundreds of them. Okay, like that's cheap. Hundred. Yeah. Because and I just know the Mage Knight, the old one from Biscuits, and I think they were quite expensive. Yeah, those you get there. Because some of them, they are not really... Like, people try to sell some of the Whiskit Star Wars stuff very expensive. And there are some models you just don't get. You won't get a Boba Fett or a Darth Vader model or some of the hero models. And there are only a few droid models, sadly. But everything else... If it's like one of the common models, you get for like twenty cents or something. As no, and nobody, and nobody really cares about the Star Wars figures because most of them were also very ugly. So, <laughs> um, it would be interesting if Whiskits they still have the license. I think if they bring out some figures again now for the new episode or relaunch their line. So, yeah, it would be good because I I'm still I'm still. Not motivated enough to start painting myself, and I still want colored miniatures. But yeah, but there there's some pictures on Board Game Geek where people uh, switched um, with the figures from the uh, I saw that yes old Whiskits line, and you see them even back then. Most of these Whiskits figures were just too ugly. Yeah, they, they are of course different, but I think for my group it would be okay too because they are not that they are not. Um, Accustomed to high quality miniatures, let's say. But, say this but the way. problem is, um, it's very hard to get uh, a Boba Fett without yes. paying and I would 20 need a, euros for it. And yeah. I, would need, some of I the, would need a Vader, and I would need a Han, and I would need a Luke and Boba Fett. And, so. uh, <laughs> if you're uh, looking for like these hero figures, then it's actually much cheaper to <laughs> get somebody, to get, get, even get somebody to paint your Star Wars figures properly. Okay, um, anything else to say about painting the figures or getting them in shape? Or One thing I wanted to add was um, protecting your figures. So um, you will, will often touch them, though I added Purity Seal from Games Workshop, just um, invisible layer, just um, of matte color. I don't know if there are other colors from other um, companies that do the same. Yeah, um, Valeo has um, some vanish colors, like satin vanish, cans vanish, and so on. Army Painter is also selling a spray can of some anti-shine, anti-gloss sealant, so it's pretty much the same for protecting your miniature. And I think you really should do it, because some of my descent miniatures I didn't yet uh, varnish, because I'm still in in some stages of painting and we played a couple of uh adventures and of course where the people touch their hero miniature yeah i had to repaint that area again had to repaint uh, the hair again because people touched it with their oily awful hands yeah with the the oily grubby hands (laughs) even more important is to store them probably uh appropriately because if you just throw them in a bag they will scratch each other and then all your Work goes to waste. So. Yeah, that's the that's the problem I have at the moment because I have uh, only a small uh, miniature carrying bag for my war machine stuff. So, like all our place of descent and imperial assault have to happen at my place. 
because I don't want to carry around all my painted descent monsters or yeah there is like um, one company which is really famous it's Feldherr um, yeah. I got one big bag um, like Maxi they call them and it's really huge and it has I think two or three layers of um, small figures for example Heroes in um, Imperial Assault and then one big um, layer which is really high where you can put the ATST on the side for example um, where you can customize it. There are like these little cubes you can take out and yeah. then you can... Uh, Felter is very... Um, it's it's They're cheap and uh, uh, well, the, the price fits the quality also. So it's... Um, you get well enough uh, foam for the price. So Are they are they pre-constructed or do you have to cut it and, and mold it yourself? There are different variants. There are variants which have uh, pre-constructed holes. There are variants where you cut your holes yourself and so on oh i see it now yes and they're all uh, and they're starting to sell specific ones for x-wing and armada yeah like a really big bag like the one i have the maxi bag you can get around like with filled with the foam you know like everything set up is 50 euros so and then it, it they also sell like backpacks or little carrying bags and it's yeah perfect for that yeah so hendrik uh I think he constructed his own solution with foam core. Yeah, I'm, I'm still still on it, just building spaces that um, you get a slider that fits exactly into the Imperial Sword box, so you can put um, your figures in I um, want on this. top. Where can in I buy one it? level, <laughs> and, in, <laughs> and in the second level you can put your cards. But I'm still building it. It takes a lot of time. Maybe maybe there was an instruction on. Uh, Order of Esoteric Gamers, right? I knew they that this was coming. <laughs> I know, I know, but it, but I'm, but I'm, I'm not motivated enough to do stuff myself. I just want to buy it. <laughs> Take my money. Take my money. But I think I'm I don't know if for there, it. <laughs> there are some other companies. I have to look it up. There are some companies that that make inserts. I saw, I saw some someone on, on board games. I, I don't know if there are already some some out for yeah. Imperial Assault. Yeah, there's someone someone on board games or the Fantasy Flight forums was offering a pre-constructed foam core uh, set for the Imperial Assault core box, and it's it's like eighty US dollars. <laughs> but that's that was actually not the problem. But shipping to Europe was another sixty euro, uh, sixty dollars. So that's not that's not in my budget. I would buy uh, for a, for a nice uh, storing solution. I would buy the eighty eighty dollars or the eighty euros. I don't care that much. But uh, this to ship it for double the price. I no, it's not. That's not okay. <laughs> the problem is that it's always. I mean, if you make it yourself, you can always like um, extend it. But if you buy like a, like this, yeah, extend for the for the for the core box. I think the the core box is crowded enough. I don't think I would extend it anyway. So I would buy the next the next insert for the next expansion box. So. You know, <laughs> so. this is this is called fixed. <laughs> yeah, <you> still <laughs> keep on buying and buying stuff. Yeah, I know, I know, but. I don't want to make it messes. So currently, I, I don't have it organized anyway. So, so whatever. Okay. Uh, I think that's that's it for today for painting miniatures and storing. And the next we wanted to talk about is I oh yeah I have my rules clarification today, and I I followed a neat little trick. I had to look it up during my last no actually the, the previous session I had during the captured mission. 
and this is uh, I was getting in the uh, in the habit of actually reading up all the stuff I do just to make sure I'm doing it right and I started to look up the status phase during the mission which is um, basically that the, 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 the round cleanup what you do when do you increase your threat when do you deploy your uh, units when does uh, when do end of round effects happen and because I read this I noticed that you not only increase your threat uh, before the end of round effects happen, but you also deploy your units. And the Imperial Probe Droid has on this uh, on his card. Just a moment, I, I will read it from the card. Actually, um, it has on there uh, self destruct at the end of a round. You may roll one red die. Each adjacent figure object object and object suffers damage equal to the damage result. Then you are defeated. So this is a, a self destruct like normal. But you can do this in the same, basically just after you deploy it, which is something I found out, found out during, the, during the captured mission. And as of course, this only ha only works if someone is standing in the blast radius. But if you manage your deployment points like like we talked last time, like blocking it off and and deploying units there, you maybe can can hit one or two rebel uh, figures. Between the rounds, and for free threats, I think this is actually very good because I I drew I also bought an agenda card which is uh, I think it's uh, two influence for the same effect, but you don't roll a red die, but you just do uh, you just no it's I think it's in the in the in the deck we will talk about yes okay of course we'll we'll talk about this when we'll talk about when we'll look uh, through the technological superiority deck uh, but so uh, since the the end of round effects happen just before you advance the round counter and after you deploy units you can use basically a probe droid uh, bomb or a probe bomb like i call it now and this can be used especially if the the rebels are getting a bit cocky and camping you at your deployment points. You can deploy a probe droid and blow it up in the same same instance, and you do one to three damage to all of the heroes in range. So keep that in mind. Use it, and I will use it too. So we also I I will also next week talk about how how the self destruct and blast interact with doors because there was a there was there were actually two threats in on board game geeks and on the fantasy flight forums where it wasn't clear where you have to hit someone to make blast or self-destruct uh, actually hit the door if you want to attack the door hit but we will I will talk about this next week yeah I read them too yeah so this is rules clarification for this day and um, use your probe droids as bombs that's, that's all I can say about it and for the last um for the last item we have today actually we have well, we have like 10 or 15 minutes we will talk about the technological superiority class deck for the imperial player uh i will read the first card and then we'll just alternate through our for our host i think um the first card for the for the deck is experimental arms which is an attachment while attacking, apply plus one surge to the attack results. Then, after the attack is resolved, you suffer one damage. This is... It seems with the one damage, especially in the early games, where, where you are... You are um, what's it called? Stormtroopers only have three health. It seems a bit 
weak because you're basically killing your own units. But I think this card is actually pretty good in the late game because late game you you can always need this this additional search results to enact like stun or bleed or other effects. And uh, the one damage later on it doesn't actually change that much. So it's it's weak. I think it's weak in the early game, but very good in the late game. Uh, did any of you have um, more experience with this deck, or is it all new for you? I I only read through it once, but uh, like I said, I, I played with it like two missions now uh, in my online online campaign, and it's okay actually. I forgot to use it the first two rounds in the first mission, so I, I think this is why I lost the first mission. But it's I think it's okay. So it's not the the greatest uh, free card or first card you get in a in an Imperial class deck, but it's still it's okay. So the next card for 1xp is Chatbacks. Herwig, do you want to read it? Yeah, Chatbacks. Attachment, trooper only, you gain mobile. Yeah, it's quite short and quite ineffective, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, did, did, do you think of anything you can use this for? Because mobile, it's, most of the time you are not, I found you're not moving that much with your with your imperial units, you basically you you you, uh, you cut off access or you are guarding some objectives. So you, I, I don't usually uh, go around with my units that much. So mobile doesn't affect me that much. So I don't know if this is really weak or if I'm playing wrong. Maybe. Yeah. But okay. So I don't. I I can't see how this is any good, but. Uh, I have to say, it's still an attachment, and attachments, uh, they are very good in this deck, because they are synergizing with a later XP card we will see. So the next uh, one XP card is technological, oh, technical support, uh, and Antonia, want to read it? Oh uh, yeah, apply plus one speed to each Imperial droid, each of those figures also gains. In action, choose an adjacent, adjacent friendly figure, that figure may discard all conditions, become focused, or recover three health points um yeah it's one xp uh, actually i think it's really good I, I thought it's it's quite weak but since like i said uh, i'm not moving that much with my units i, I can most of the time i use have to one say I, I, we don't know yet but if um in some of uh, one of the next expansion there are dark troopers in it and that they count as droids, this would be amazing, have like a... The plus one speed especially. Yeah. Okay, so uh, for first XP, I would take technical support over jetpacks, but maybe you you need the jetpacks later on for another card. We will see. So the first two XP card is failsafe. Uh, Hendrik, do you want to read it? Yeah, it's, it's two threats. Exhaust this card when Imperial figure suffers damage equal to its health. Instead of being defeated, that figure recovers one health and gains three movement points. Yeah, it's, so it's a uh, failsafe, like a card says. But yes. you have to. Yeah, you recover one point and get away three movement points. So I think um, it's I think it's it's yeah. a bit run around it's a bit the expensive corner. in the early in the early campaign to basically throw out two. Um, what's it called? Two threats for this, 
but uh, yeah, there are some there are some missions which uh, the rebels have to kill a specific imperial unit, like in the sorry about the mess mission I I, I played last uh, in the last session, and for this you can actually uh, gain another round, and so it's better to to use this and maybe uh, maybe have your mission critical unit survive another round than to lose the game. So. The two threat to to use it in general, it's it's weak, but for mission critical units, especially later in the campaign, I think it could be good. But it's not it's not an attachment, so it's a bit weaker than the other attachments in the in the deck. So uh, I don't know. I think the next card is a bit better. Um, Herwig, do you want to read hidden detonators? Yeah, for one threat. Exhaust this card at the end of a round to choose one Imperial figure. Each figure and object adjacent to the Imperial figure suffers two damage. Then the Imperial figure is defeated. So this is basically like the same the uh, the, the probe droid can do, but you can do it with uh, any units, and you have to pay additional threat for it. So the only thing I can uh, I can imagine you can do if you for some reason don't have an Imperial Droid with you and you want to use this, you can deploy an Imperial an Imperial Officer, which is only two threat, and use this for another threat, so you're paying three threat, which is the same as the Imperial uh, dro the, the, the Probe Droid, and you have the same effect. So this card, yeah, you can use it with almost all uh, units and you are you're not rolling a red die, so you get two damage for sure. But uh, I I found it very good to use uh, when it's a surprise. So uh, when between the rounds during the the upgrade stage uh, during the the, the uh, it's not upgrade stage how it's called I don't know the the, the stage between the rounds when you do it that that way it's very good to spawn it spawn a unit and explode it again. But other than that, it's basically very niche, and I think you should skip it for 2xp. The, both of the 2xp cards, they are not that good, but if you want to take a 2xp card, I'd say take Hidden Detonators. So, on to the 3xp cards. I think the best card of the deck is here, and I'll read it, because it's the best card. <laughs> uh, so, it's Arc Blasters. It's an attachment, and... After resolving a ranged attack, each figure that suffered one or more damage tests strength. Each figure that fails is stunned. Also, if you have the ranged attack type, you gain uh, a surge ability, plus one damage, and plus one. So, this is ooh, very crazy good, because not only uh, if, you have, if you slap it on a ranged uh, figure, you can... Um, use one surge to deal one additional damage and blast. You also can uh, then, after the blast is uh, applied, make each of the each of the um, units that suffer damage make test strength, and if they fail, they are stunned. This is very bad for the rebels, I think. If you manage to slap this on Stormtroopers and blast like two times or so, you are basically guaranteed to make all of them, or at least most of them, stunned, which is very, 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 very good. I think this is one of the best cards in the game so far, aside from from some of the superior, uh, uh, what's it called, uh, subversive tactics deck. 
But I think you should skip the two XP cards and get Arc Blasters instead, because it's also, again, an attachment. And you will see, you will need attachments later on. So the next 3 XP card is Cloaking Device. Antonia, you want to read it? Yeah, it's um, 3 XP. It's an alternate attachment. Trooper or droid only. Add one white die to your defense pool. Yeah, it's... I don't know. doesn't sound that good. I, Maybe. Hmm. Hmm. I'm, not I'm not sure. It's... A, a white die is very good. An additional white die is good. Just thinking where it's worse than the XP costs on which to. It go. always it always lands on the blank side for me. So. <laughs> <laughs> so you are traumatized with white dice. So. So on on a heavy stormtrooper or something like that, it could be very strong when you prevent him from being. Yeah, that's what I thought because you you it's it's working for both of the attached units, or even if you if you're slapping it onto normal stormtroopers for all three of the attached units. So I think it's I think it's very good, not as good as the arc blasters, but still it's an attachment and um and this is important because the next uh, card, which is superior augments for four XP. Uh, Hendrik, do you want to read it? Yes. If a group has one or more attachments, apply plus one speech, speed for each figure in that group. While a figure in a group with one or more attachment is attacking, it applies plus one damage to the attack results. Yeah, that's nice. So you basically you have if you if you take all the attachments of the deck, which is experimental arms, jetpack. Uh, what's it called? Um, arc blasters and cloaking device. You have four attachments, and uh, this means you can almost you can make all of your most of your uh, deployed units have one of these attachments, and so you get plus one speed. And with the what's it called? Uh, with the technical support, you even get them plus one plus two speeds for all of your droids, which means uh, like four as five or six speed for the for the uh, elite probe droid which is massive uh, this is very good because you can do all kinds of crazy stuff with this if the imperial that the elite probe droid has six speed five it has yeah but if you have uh, the elite probe droid normally has four speed if you have technical support you get five speed and if you slap on uh, one of the uh, one of the attachments and have superior augments you get six speed, and with six speed you can delay its uh, activation or delay an activation of an imperial officer, and then send it right in the middle of the of the the rebels at the end of the before the end of the round. That is, if you have enough uh, if you have enough activations to actually uh, make it so. But I think this this is uh, one of the, the the nicest combos outside of the what's it called the. The other deck I am playing now, the Subversive Tactics deck, where basically every card combos. <laughs> but this is, I think Superior Augments is very good. And yes, my idea would be for this deck to take all attachments, technical support and Superior Augments. But it's quite it's quite costly. You have to pay 11 XP to get all the attachment plus Superior Augments. 11 XP is not that, not that far out, because you get, um, there are 11 missions in the game, so you get 10 XP uh, base level. And if you win a story mission, you get plus one XP. Also, if you manage to to get any forced mission or agenda missions in play, you're usually getting one extra XP. Also, so twelve XP is not that far out. So 
you could get unlucky and only get 11 XP, but then I would just ditch, um, what is it called, the jetpacks. So I would get the jetpacks last, because you basically you don't need them to, to it's it's a it's a it's a card to to use to make uh, to make superior augments even stronger. Not it's not strong by itself, but if you already have superior augments and you have the one XP um, available, you take the jetpacks and make one additional groups even stronger. So this would this would take down the the cost of of the of this path to eleven XP, which is almost guaranteed. Like you only have to win one story mission to get eleven XP until the very last mission. Yeah, so is... if you do not take the jetpacks, you can get ten XP. Um, the arc blasters plus cloaking device plus superior augments. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think and it's also uh, you could get attachments from story missions. You could get attachments from agenda missions. So there, 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 there are other ways. Maybe there could be. In some campaign missions, you could get attachment as a uh, special prize. So there, are even if you're lucky, you could have, have even more attachment. Or mm -hmm. yeah, can also totally skip the attachments in this deck. So yeah, that's that's also a possibility. And this deck will just get stronger the more imperial droid figures are out. So. That's also true. That's also true. Yes. Because at the moment it's more or less only the probe droid, but yeah, yeah you can we'll also, see if the dark troopers will be droids or not. Um, you can also try what I will try when I use this deck in my offline campaign to to include uh, the agenda where you can win IG88, which is also a droid. And I think his uh, what's it called? His mission is also to win him. It's a very droid uh, heavy mission. So it would be quite good to, and it, he, he benefits from all this droid stuff. So, um, yeah, uh, we still have one card to go, which is the last 4xp card, Adaptive Weapons. When an Imperial figure is attacking, you may replace one die in its attack pool with another attack dice of your choice. Um, yeah, we saw this. This is uh, the, the agenda card we saw in the spoiler article, which is very similar. But... Uh, considering that the the rest of the deck combos nicely with the attachment stuff and uh, superior augments, I don't. I would not take it unless I can afford it, and I already have all other stuff, which is basically impossible because it would. I would need that. I think sixteen XP, which is not possible right now. Do I read it right that it's not exhausted? That I can every time I can attack. Yes. I can attack one. Uh, replace one die. So it's very strong. Uh, no, no doubt. It's very strong. It's very strong. But I'd yes. rather have all the other attachments and the superior augments. I think. Well, it would be f would be fun to try it out to in in like start one campaign like just straight going for it and. Yeah, get it really fast and throw red dice. Out so it could be make the the early game very painful for the rebels. Yeah. Yeah, it's not the early game because you still have to to invest four XP, which. If you don't take any other uh, cards to help you along, you yeah. probably have to wait until like the second side mission, which is quite some ways into the mission, uh, into the campaign already. Yeah, so that's true. It's it's a seriously strong card, and I overlooked this when I first uh, when I first looked at this deck. That it's really very strong. But if you ask me, that the combo uh, the combo path of this deck is it's better. It's much more flexible. 
it's much um, it's, it's much better overall for all your for all your units. So uh, it will, will be interesting because um, uh, with Twin Shadows we will get a short campaign. Yeah, and I think in Descent, all the players start the, also the mini campaigns with. I think have you two played one of the mini campaigns from Descent? Um, I haven't played it yet, but I think they have a starting level they are set on. Exactly, you start. As I think the the Overlord and the heroes like all start with like two XP or three XP or something like that. So yeah, it would be interesting to uh, test some of the uh, decks in the mini campaign because you could you could skip the you could sk- sk- could skip some of the some of the cheaper stuff which is not that good and start with a stronger card but start with the better better cards yes. But overall, I think the the side the, the mini campaign will be only like six missions anyway and two side missions probably so but it's okay it's still eight missions so you're still getting enough xp to to round out your deck then yeah but it yeah it will take probably until release day when they will release the the rules again like two pages of new rules for the campaign so then we will know for sure of how how the Side mission deck is built and so on for a mini campaign. Yeah, I think in Descent it was like there were two acts and you more or less had the level of after act one. Yeah, you more or less had played like one or two missions in uh, act one. So yeah, you had like half of the XP's already you would have at that point. Yeah. Okay, yeah, we will see when the pack is out. Um, Did any of you already order or pre-order the Twin Shadows expansion? Is it is it listed on Amazon or something? I'm not sure. I won't get it from Amazon. I will get it from a um, German distributor, maybe. Um, the top pages in Germany are the Fantasy Welt and Magierspiele. And I will see who has it first and buy it from there then. Yeah, Fantasy Welt is, is quite okay, yeah. There, it's, it's listed at Fantasy Welt right now for August... So oh, that's <laughs> yeah, still time to order. <laughs> yeah, August is not that far away. It's actually four to six weeks, which is okay, I think. And it's and it's for thirty one euros, which is also okay. It's not that. Yeah, I'll see. Maybe the maybe our local retailer has it before then, but I'll probably again order. It yeah, online. maybe this time I will also maybe try to get it at Planet Harris, and he just send it sends it yeah. to me. <laughs> Okay, uh, that's our discussion of the technological superiority deck, and we are done with everything besides some some minor parts of the core box today. And we will maybe next time talk about some missions or whatever. I'll I'll draft up something. And the only stuff we will have left is the lore, uh, not the lore question, but the the contest we we had last time, which is to design um, a Leo Leia hero sheet, and some of the listeners already answered this call and sent in their hero cards for Leia, and you can look them up on the Facebook page. I will also link in the show notes, of course, and uh, comment on them or like them, and of course the. The contest continues until the July, uh, the twelfth of July, actually, because our next channel scheduled recording will be on the thirteenth, I think. Yes. So you still have two weeks to go, about two weeks to go, to uh, create a 
lay a hero sheet or hero card, whatever you want to call it. And to get you started, you can use the ones already on the Facebook page to give you some idea to how to, to structure the, the abilities and whatever. So, um, of course, the, the price for this contest is again, or at last, the general vice villain pack. And if you want to enter the contest, just design the card and send the final card as a picture, either a JPEG, TIFF or whatever picture format, uh, to win at boardwars.eu. This is win at boardwars.eu. And send it before the 12th or at the 12th, the latest, and it will be entered into the contest. And we will talk about the sheets next time and pick a winner. I have also an additional comment. Um, the game night kits are coming out at around July. And there's also um, already uh, some German stores which are organizing a tournament. Do you know? Do you so, know which, which, which stores are organizing tournaments? Um, I just know about the Brave New World in Cologne. Um, they are organizing one at the beginning, middle of July. Um, some, some went around the, I think the 11th, but I'm not sure about it. And um, I think our local game store in Aachen also um, ordered it for us, so they do not have a date yet. Okay. But yeah, we will. If you if you have the dates, we will maybe post on Facebook a a link to the to the store pages and where to get them or how to get there. And maybe someone from the you know, from the area can get there and win the win the swag there. Yeah, just just saying. If you have any like a store in your area, just ask them if they also have one. Yeah, I, I recently discovered a store in Vienna that's also having um, a little bit of a gaming room with tables and such. And they have a, they have a, they have on on Wednesdays, I think, a, a, a game night. Yeah, I just looked it up. It's eleventh of Ju July in um, Cologne in Brave New World. So, yeah, they. Yeah, we will. We'll, uh, to the listeners, if you want to all know all these dates and, and stuff, visit our Facebook page, which will I, which will, I will link in the show notes, of course. And if you are too lazy to, to go to the link, uh, you can also look it up on Facebook by just typing in boardwars.eu in your search bar in Facebook. You should, you should find it then. Um, and we will, of course, post dates and locations of all the tournaments we can find in Europe. So you can have a chance on your custom uh, alternate art cards for like Stormtroopers or IG-88. I don't actually know what's the current rotation of the Game Night Kids. Is it... I think it has Trend Ocean Hunters and IG-88, is this right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. And they are they are quite cool, so... I would... I, I tried to buy some alternate art cards on eBay, but this hasn't materialized yet, so... <laughs> Yeah, if there is a tournament in Vienna, you can meet me there, of course. So, I think this is all we have for this week. And if you want to uh, contact us, of course, you can do it, do so on Facebook. Uh, and the page is linked in the show notes. You can also visit our homepage on www.boardwars.eu. And you can write us emails at podcast at boardwars.eu or stefan at boardwars.eu. All of this should be linked in the show notes too. Uh, so, any closing words from you guys, Herwig? Uh, I've just seen the new uh, Warhammer starter set yesterday and the new figures uh, look awful. 
They look awful. Why do they look awful? Uh, they uh, they relaunched their fantasy line, and, and now it looks like uh, the, the like the uh, like the science fiction line of their stuff. So they have like more or less now a fantasy version of their space marines in golden armor. It's awful. Bad times for Warhammer fans. <laughs> yeah, you have to more or less the old game is in canned, so you have to rebuy. New mini miniatures with round bases because the square ones are gone. No, oh, that's bad. And it's now more or less a skirmish game and not a big fantasy battle game. And the new miniatures just look like. Oh, yeah. that's that's that sounds like like an upheaval in the community. But yeah, it will be very fun to see how it is received the next couple of days. But I think. Okay, um, uh, Antonio, any last words? Um, no, thanks for listening. Yeah, okay. <laughs> thanks for having you guys again from Germany. Uh, Hendrik, anything to add? Yeah, I will post up um, my links in the show notes for the liquid green stuff and such. Um, I would like to, uh, all of you that are starting to paint the figures to post. Yes, of course, I will link the figures too. So everybody can see what you are doing with it. Yes, uh, and nice. uh, to the to the listeners, you can also... Uh, either send us your uh, your collection, your painted collection, to the via email, or you can just post it on the Facebook page. I think I opened up the submissions for everyone. I'm not sure. I have to check it up, uh, or just write an email. I will, and I will post it. So it's it's all there. Yeah, you can you can just post there, like a start like a picture thread or something like, play, show us your painted miniatures. Okay, that's it for this uh, eighth episode of uh, BoardWars.eu, and we'll see you on the ninth episode in about two weeks. I hope it, we can we can do it in two weeks. Uh, and until then, uh, bye guys. Bye. bye. bye.